Wonderful. Well, uh, as some of you will know, hopefully all of you will know, we are in a, in a series around prayer entitled Praying Like Jesus. We are in our third week. And you know, as I was uh, thinking about the talk this morning, I was reminded of a story of the, about the notable atheist Richard Dawkins. Any of you guys know Richard Dawkins? Yeah, the author of The God Delusion and other deluded books. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Uh, and the story goes that he was on BBC Radio 4 a few years ago, uh, being interviewed. And there was another guest there um, who was a minister of St. Paul's Cathedral. And uh, Richard Dawkins was being his uh, normal verbose and hostile self and said, you know, the problem with Christians, really, is that they're unintelligent. This is what he said, live on BBC Radio 4. This was a few years ago. And he said, they don't even know the names of the Gospels the gospel books. And so the vicar said, um, Richard, you're a, you're a smart chap, you know, you're a scientist, yes, yes. He said, um, your, your favorite book is The Origin of the Species by Charles Darwin, isn't it? And Richard Dawkins said, yes, no, that's correct. And the vicar said, uh, Richard, tell me, what's the full title of the book? This is true, live on BBC Radio 4. And uh, Richard Dawkins said, oh yes, well, it is a rather long title, isn't it? You can hear the squirming on the other end. And then, uh, then the vicar said, it is indeed. So go ahead, tell me, what is the title? And forgive me, because I'm quoting this directly, but Richard Dawkins says, um, Origin of the Species, um, oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It turns out even an atheist knows how to pray to God. So there you go. I just thought I'd share that story, because I thought it was quite funny. Um, but there are many, uh, many different types of prayers, aren't they? You know, there's intercessory prayer, praying for others. There's the arrow prayers, which is what I prayed this morning when the tap came off in my hand in the sink. It's true, I was in the middle of shaving. Thank God he answered that prayer and I managed to fix it, uh, which was rather good, really. Um, so what are we going to talk about this week? Well, this week we're going to look at devotional prayer, devotional prayer. And you know, funny enough... Uh, next month is going to be four years since I pre uh, preached my first sermon, which was actually right here. And my first ever sermon was on devotional prayer. There you go. So I feel like I've come full circle. So, oh, bless you. you didn't oh, bless you. You didn't have to do that. It's very nice, though. Um, and uh, I looked through my notes, and it was on the blockages of prayer. Um, but, you know... I Ooh, should I redo that? No, no, you might remember it, so, or probably not. Um, so I decided for something fresh, and I was walking to work in St. Albans and praying, Lord, you know, what have you got on devotional prayer? And instantly, a psalm came into my head, which I absolutely love, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 42. Anyone know that? As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Oh, I love that. And I was like, that's a great psalm, but I was kind of hoping for something different, Lord, you know, a piece of scripture where I could unpack and look at the practicalities of prayer. But I really couldn't shake this psalm. And as I meditated on it, I could see why God had given me this psalm, because it really describes the heart of what devotional prayer is, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. See, devotional prayer is not what one website said when I Googled it. It said, here we go, non-corporate prayer, normally done at the start of the day in a devotional time. Now, that's not inaccurate, that's what devotional prayer may look like, it might be then, but that doesn't really answer the question of what is it, what's at the heart of it. And so, as I said, we're going to look at that together. And so why don't we turn to Psalm 42, and what we're going to do first is look at uh, verses 1 and 2, and we'll, we'll unpack that together, and then we'll read other verses as we go. So Psalm 42, 
Here we go. Let me read verses one and two. It'll be on the screen as well. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Can you hear the longing, that desire, that yearning to be with God, to see him, to hear him, to be in his presence? Can you hear the anguish in the psalmist's voice? The longing, oh Lord, as the deer pants, so I pant for you, Lord. And you know, it's worth remembering that in the old covenant, you know, you had to physically go to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God. And you'll see here in your Bible, it says, for the director of music of the sons of Korah. Now, the sons of Korah were worship leaders. They were singers in the temple. And what he had done, he had found himself in exile with the rest of Israel. And he was remembering a time that he was in the presence of God. And he was saying, how I miss that. How I long for that. As the deer pants, so I pant for you, O God. And he's saying more than that, really. What he's really saying is, I need you. I need you. And you know, one of the things we've been looked at, Denise looked at it when she kicked off this series in wonderful style two weeks ago. And as Chris mentioned it last week, as we looked at the most important prayer you'll ever pray, Lord, have mercy. That prayer is not some incantation. It isn't a set of magic words to get what you need. Prayer is not devoid of a heart for God. There's praying and there's praying. You know, I'm utterly devoted to Steph. We've been married for 14 years, yeah? <laughs> close, close enough. Oh dear, I'm getting myself into trouble in all sorts this morning. Um, and you know, I'm devoted to Steph. I love being with her. You know, I, I want to communicate with her. I like listening to her sometimes. Um, but it's out of that devotion that I, that I want to communicate. And prayer is no different with God. True prayer is out of a heart of devotion for him. True prayer. And so effective prayer will always flow from desire and longing. I've seen that in my life. Those effective prayers have come from a desire and a longing for God. You know, whether it be a prayer for healing. You know, we have compassion for others and we say, show your power, Lord. Would you come and heal this person because only you can do this. Devotion. Whether it be intercessory prayer, you know, standing in the gap between God and man, just as Moses did for the Israelites. Lord, would you show yourself to be true? Lord, I long for you to demonstrate your goodness towards your people. You know, whether it be an arrow prayer, help me, Jesus, only you can fix this tap. Or whether it be the most important prayer you've ever prayed, Lord, have mercy because only you can do it. You see, you know, as I thought about devotional prayer, actually every prayer is devotion. Every prayer is devotional prayer, really. Um... And so when we talk about devotional prayer, here's a, here's a little sum up. We're talking about prayer which flows out of a heart of devotion to him. And prayer is the outpouring of our heart's desire for him. Do you see that? So having set the scene rather generally, let's just dig in a little bit in terms of some of the specifics, in terms of the writer here. He says, as the deer, as the deer. You see, the writer is likening himself to a deer, isn't he? And I, I think this is interesting. He didn't say, as the huge, powerful lion. He said, as the deer, didn't he? Who, who's, okay, who's seen Bambi here? 
Don't laugh. I'm asking you a question. Come on, who's seen Bambi? Put your hands up. Okay, first of all, I'm rather surprised for all those who didn't put your hand up. Isn't it some kind of rite of passage to watch Bambi? All right, well, for those of you who haven't seen Bambi, I won't spoil the ending for you, but isn't, isn't Bambi like a picture of helplessness? really is. Think about it. Let's just think about this for a moment. As the deer, you know, the deer is dependent on its maker, utterly reliant on God, created to be dependent. Are we any different, really? For all of our declarations of independent and our bold statements that we can do it on our own, are we any different than the deer? And I think even before we move on, it's a helpful reminder. And for some of us this morning, that might be your reminder to say, you know what? It's okay to be a deer. It's okay to say, I need you, God. What else can we learn? Secondly, it says, as the deer pants. I think this is a really interesting word. You know, when I was growing up, we had a family dog called Socks. Great name. It wasn't S-O-C-K-S, it was S-O-C-S because it was short for Socrates. Don't ask. Anyway, he also had white paws, so it kind of made sense. But he was a lovely dog, and for many of you, you'll have pets, you'll know that when it gets hot and they get thirsty, what do they do? They pant, right? But here's the thing about panting. It was in, it's involuntary. It's involuntary. You can't control it. It comes upon you. When you feel that thirst, the socks just panted. And so it is with us. We have been created to pant after God. That's who, how we've been made. It's involuntary. It comes upon us. We get thirsty and what happens? We pant after God. We are exactly the same. And you know, for some of us, we might have experienced this panting, you know, this longing. We know the feeling. It's deep inside us. We, we can't help it. It comes upon us when we're doing the cleaning. It comes upon us as we're walking to work, as we're in the office, as we're with friends, as we're socializing. We just start panting and longing. We feel a sense of restlessness. Oh, as the deer pants, so I pant for you, O oh Lord. And then it says, streams of water. As the deer pants for streams of water. You know, the pant, here it is, is specific for something. It's fo focused on one thing, water. And so it is with us. We have been created to pant after his living water. For God himself Let's just take a step back here. You know, um, when we experience this panting, this longing, I found in my life, and you might find it in yours, that we don't always go straight to, to God. We don't always go straight to his living water. Why is that? I've got two observations I want to share with you. Firstly, we don't recognize the panting. We don't know why we feel this sense of restlessness. Why we might feel a little empty. That's panting. Why nothing seems to satisfy us even though we seem to be quenching ourselves on many other things, and yet there is still this restlessness in our hearts. Remember the story of um, Samuel and Eli, you know, 1 Samuel 3. Stam Samuel is staying with, with Eli, he's growing up there, and uh, one, one night he hears Eli. He says, sorry, Samuel. He says, oh, Eli must be calling me. So Samuel goes to Eli, yes, I'm here. No, no, I didn't call you. And so he goes, he goes back to bed. Again, Samuel. Ah, oh, it must be, must be Eli. It goes back to Eli. No, no, it wasn't me. On the third time, Eli says, you know what? That's God. Just say, yes, I'm listening. And sometimes we're like that. We don't understand what this, this burden in us, this drawing is. And if we were only to say, yes, I'm listening, Lord, he would speak to us. 
And as I, as I was preparing this, I was reminded uh, a few years ago, God has oftentimes spoken to me at night. And I remember a few years ago, I was lying in bed restless. I was panting after God. I wouldn't have used the words then, but I just couldn't sleep. And I, and I, and I had enough of a sense to say, Lord, are you trying to speak to me? And God said, I want you to get out of bed, Mark. I want you to go to the next room and I want you to pray. I thought, oh, you know, it's late at night. I can't, Steph, I don't want to, you know, interrupt. But he said, go next door. I said, okay, fine. So I got out of bed in the middle of the night, went to the room next door, got on my knees, prayed as much as I could at, you know, two in the morning. It wasn't that powerful. <laughs> Trying to keep my eyes open. I said, okay, well, I'm done. Wow. You got me up out of bed for that, Lord? It's kind of the feeling, really. But that's fine. I'll be obedient. I got back into bed and all of a sudden, bang, it was like electricity was going through me. Seriously. I was just there lying and it was almost as if I I was floating because I had lost my sense of touch. There was just this bolt of electricity through me. And all I could do in that moment was worship God. Worship God. And it was as if he was pouring his spirit. In fact, he was pouring his spirit in me. He was filling me. And I was at the water brooks in that moment. And for some of you this morning, that is God's promise to you. If you would say, yes, Lord, I'm listening, God is going to fill you. Is that what you want? Because God's got breakthrough. And you know what? That, that time came just before I had started a, a new business. And he prepared me for that season by filling me up with his water. And for some of you this morning, that is what God has for you. But that leads me on to the second point. Another observation. Secondly, we sometimes, you know, why why do we sometimes not go to God? Well, sometimes we do recognize that it's God, but we don't go to his water to be quenched. Instead, we go to everything and anything else. You know, I've been blessed to be brought up in a Christian household. You know, my grandfather was a pastor, my my father a deacon, my mother a lay preacher as well, and, and I've been a Christian as long as I can remember. But over 20 years ago now, when I went to uni, I, I backslid and lived a life which wasn't honoring to God. But you know, the truth is, I couldn't shake this panting. I couldn't help it. I knew there was something in me. And I tried to cover it up with excessive alcohol. I wasn't quenched. I tried to cover it up with smoking. I wasn't quenched. I tried all sorts of things to quench my thirst. Wrong relationship, prideful talk, gambling... It just wasn't quenched. The panting wouldn't go. I knew it was God. And do you know what? I longed for him so much, it came a point where I used to go out on a Sunday morning and sneak out when my friends didn't notice and go to the local Baptist church, true story. And I used to arrive there late and leave there early and sit at the back because I knew that I needed to go to the water brooks. And you know what? Maybe some of you this morning are in that position. You don't know what this longing is, and you've lived a life, or maybe a season, maybe you are a Christian, and you've been trying to quench this panting on other things, and you're at the back, or in the middle, or in the front, or wherever, and you're just saying, Lord, I know, but how do I make that step? Maybe that's you this morning. God's promise for you is that his water will fill you. John 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O 
God, his water, his presence, relationship with God through prayer, through worship, through enjoying being still and knowing that he is God. Maybe like, like me, when you hear all this, you think, I want to pant more. Or, Lord, why don't I pant like Mark is describing? Or why don't I yearn like the psalmist? And that's a great question, and it's one that I want to look at. You know, what my experience in my life has shown me, and indeed, I'm sure for many of you, and if you look through the great saints of time and look at you know, their lives, they will attest to the same thing, that you cannot manufacture it. You simply position yourself for it. You cannot manufacture this panting, you position yourself for it. If we look further in Psalm 42, the psalmist says this in verse 7, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Our panting is in response to the roar of his love for us. For devotion to him at its heart is in response to a God who first loved us. Romans 8.15 says, by his spirit in us, we are able to cry out, Abba, because he first loved us, as Chris said earlier, even when we were enemies with God. I'll invite the band up. His waterfalls, his waves, his love sweeping over for us. So the more we're in his presence, the more we soak in him, the more we pant for him, the more he fills us, and the more that we want him, and the more he fills us. Do you see how that works? And what happens? Let's look at verse eight. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Devotional prayer. I'd like you to stand. Draw us close to you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Shadamakia. Waves over us, Lord. Waves of love. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Waves over us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Close.